Hey guys, thanks for taking the drive down State Street. In today's episode, we start our four-part mini-series on Extreme Ownership, How Navy Seals Lead and Win by Jocko Willink. Hey guys, thanks for taking the drive down State Street. Um, Welcome to the show. This is Nick Kleitch, the co-host, The Voice, and with me, as always, uh, on this podcast journey are my good friends, Cole Szynski and Jeremy Machino. Uh, Gentlemen, how are we doing? Nick, uh, I'm looking forward to starting off another great week of podcasting with you too i uh we've had a sort of a long break you know not the usual we had a backlog of guests so we got those out you know we took a nice little break and now we're uh we're back in the shop ready to uh start a new new book good deal i uh i'm excited as well to be here i don't have a whole lot to mention other than the fact that the cyclones lost the other day and that was a bummer um hopefully by the time this comes out the bears have won a monday night game if not i uh I'll just have to, I'll have to lick my wounds about that as well. But hey, I'm excited to be here. So uh, let's, uh, let's get rolling. That's, uh, that's awesome. Yeah, I am too. It's almost like something we look forward to now, which is super great. And I think we got a couple of really good people lined up for the next couple of weeks. And um, it's almost the end of 2020, which I don't know if anyone could have predicted that uh, the, the madness and the craziness were gonna, was going to be over. Well, I did just think of something. You made me think of that. Like we are getting towards the end of the year. We are in that window kind of just like throughout the country where it's like it's like we're in the deep like part of fall and like the wind or like the not the wind but the air the air is just like frigid it's kind of nice and chilly when you wake up and then you like throughout the day like you can put on a sweatshirt you can wear a long sleeve shirt maybe when the sun's out throughout the day maybe in the afternoon you can have a t-shirt on be outside a little bit it's really comfortable uh so i it's just kind of exciting like it's exciting with that or that time of year i i love the weather this time of year yeah, Cole may uh, may love the weather, but we're actually about six inches deep in snow in Minnesota. So it's uh, we kind of just skipped over November completely, and we're uh, feels like December right now. You know, it's it's jacket, long pants, thirty four degree high. You know, it's it's a it's a great time. I uh, I love it. Uh, I'm with you, Cole. I I know we f- for some reason in the Midwest we pretend that we're not gonna ever get snow again <laughs> when when spring and summer roll around, but it comes every year. Um, but no, it's uh. It's great. I, I love the crispness. But uh, without further ado, uh, we're going to open uh, a series on a very impactful and effective book that is, I would say, a little bit past mainstream now. Uh, the author is a very notorious gentleman who has really built his brand, uh, Jocko Willink, um, and the book is Extreme Ownership. Um, let me also say, so how U.S. Navy SEALs win and lead, and this book is so different from anything I've ever read before, and uh, Cole, we were talking off air on just some of the authenticity of uh, of our author and how he just fires straight, and he's a very business-oriented person, and uh, when I say business, not like necessarily running businesses, even though he does have one, but just a straight military guy. Yeah, you... Uh... So before starting like this book and, and before coming on air and recording this, I listened to uh, a, another podcast that he actually did an interview on. And I think like the first word that came to mind for me was hardcore. The guy is a former U.S. Navy SEAL. He now has his own like leadership consultant business. Uh, I'm not 100% sure what exactly it is. I know it's, it's called like Echo Front or something like that or 
or front echelon. echelon, echelon front, echelon yep. front. That's right. And uh, dude, he's just hardcore. Like, and it's great that we do the things with John Gordon, and it's great that we do all of these different things, um, like the Four Agreements and and the numerous other books that we've done on that are kind of they make you feel good. They're positive reminders. They're really good tools to to keep in your back pocket and good for the the mind. But Jocko's totally different. He gives it to you straight. He gives it to you as real and sometimes as dark as it can be. Uh, and it's kind of nice to not think about those things, but not forget that they're there. I think you'd agree with that. For, yeah, not forget that they're there and know that sometimes life requires you to get hard and to get intense. And that's why I love Jocko is like, I find the inspiration from a guy like John very positive and, and you're going to use that tool to be able to put a smile on your face and other people's faces. But sometimes in life, you got to get dirty and you got to get your hands dirty and you got to go to work. And that's why I love uh, love Jocko's philosophies and mentality. So in this episode specifically, we're not actually going to enter the book quite yet. Uh, we're going to be discussing some of the outside introduction pieces from a podcast that he did with Tim Ferriss. Uh, back in 2015. And there's just some very, very cool things, very eye-opening things that him and Tim talked about. And uh, I would recommend you go and, and listen to that episode if if you have any interest. But uh, one of the first things uh, in this podcast that stood out to me is he his whole mantra is discipline equals freedom. And how that's so counterintuitive to what people think is if you have more discipline, you can't have any fun you're not being able to to do some of the things that you want to do. But Jocko always argues the opposite, that the more discipline you apply in your financial life, in your uh, love life, in um, you know, what you're trying to accomplish with your friendships and all of these things. And that's what's really interesting is it's a completely opposite perspective as to what the, uh, the initial rub off may be. Um, so this guy gets up at like 4.35 a.m. consistently and, and works out and uh, not to go too far in depth on his morning routine, but that's just an example of a guy that very, very structured. Um, but to what he, to one of his points is, if you want more freedom in your life, you have to have more discipline because the the parameters of discipline is what provides the freedom itself. Yeah, and it's kind of exciting to to hear him talk on it because he's so experienced and he's taken it to such an extreme route as being a U.S. Navy SEAL. Um, but it's also exciting because it's kind of, I mean, he is like the epitome of what a taskmaster should be. And that's kind of cool because I like to consider myself like a taskmaster. At least that's what people who know me very, very well know I'm very task oriented. And if you can put a to-do list in front of me, like I want to get that to-do, I want to check those things off as quick as possible. And I don't know. I just, I think, I think there's no better example of being a taskmaster, having discipline and how discipline equals freedom, like you just said, than someone who is a very experienced um, human being in the military. And, he, and he's essentially poured blood, sweat, and tears into that for his life as kind of evidenced by just his life background and the things that he talked about on the Tim Ferriss show. Yeah, and I, I relate to Jocko because he did not have a typical story. Um, his story was... No. <clears throat> his story was that he he's a guy that in high school and early early age wanted to be rebellious. He hated the idea of school 
He hated the idea of following the crowd. And uh, as he says, when he figured out that he could go into a battlefield and shoot guns and, and get into that mindset and do that for a living, <laughs> he signed off on it. And so definitely not cut from the same cloth as what society is cut from, but uh, serves such a, an important role in um, how we could live our lives or some of the options that put, he suggests you're doing it. So why I relate to him is he, he's just... I don't necessarily get to be a planner and I don't like to play by the rules. And I don't know if that's because I'm cut from a different cloth and just unique that way. But he just showcases that there's certain areas and certain industries that when you take someone that isn't good at quote unquote school, they can very, very much so excel in these different areas. And I love that, that thought process. Yeah. And I guess to tie it back to, to discipline equals freedom, you know, it's, he talks about how if you are disciplined, a lot of people think the more disciplined you are, Nick, like you just said, you're not like you don't have the freedom to do things that you want to do or have the freedom to kind of live your life. Um, I don't want to say floating through it, but almost kind of coming with the coming and going with the tides, right? And and he, like you said, he argues that because it's like if I can get the things I need to get done in a day's time, if I can get you know this list of things done in the morning. Or if I can regiment the things that I absolutely need to get done throughout my day, then I, can, I have the freedom to build around it and know that I get to do whatever I want outside of the things that I have regimented that I need to be disciplined in doing um, and, and get done. Absolutely. And I think uh, going back to like his point where, he's, where he was more of like a rebellious kid, I think what I've experienced before is like there's going to always be some people that need more, like need to be introduced or intro to discipline, right? There's going to be like some people who grow, grow up and they're, they've never really had any discipline in their life before. And a lot of the time it turns out that they, they turn rebellious because that's all they've known in their life is no schedule, no planning, no whatsoever. And, and then they find uh like, for example, he went to the, the Marines, right? And he found his discipline there. And a lot of the times, once they find that discipline, then they find you know, like they're they're talking about, they find there more freedom. They find that they actually, once you schedule things around what you have to do for the day, you actually feel more free, and you don't always have to worry about oh, what am I going to do today, tomorrow, et cetera, et cetera. And you just kind of just float off and float off in the distance and do whatever you want. But I mean, it just it just helps out. Like having that extra level of discipline definitely helps people who kind of just feel lost, I guess. Yeah, and that's where that's another reason why I like reading a guy like him because as free flowing as an individual that I am or I have that personality, the more I read about the advantages of having a plan and having structure and knowing how to tackle things, it kind of turns me on to be honest because it it puts such a singular focus on what you need to accomplish in these certain time frames. And like, so an actual example from Jocko and from the podcast is like the reason he gets up and works out early is so he can get such a good grasp on how to, and what he needs to do that by, by noon, generally by noon, he literally has all he needs done. So, and that's where the freedom comes in. Cause he has the entire afternoon you know, to do as he pleases or catch up. And um, that's the whole, you know, portion or example on like why he's referring to discipline equals freedom. But um, he also talks about that on the, fa- the financial side as well, too. So like, if you want to be financially free, you got to have financial discipline. 
And I love how he just, he takes those principles and he applies them to different areas in his life. And um, some people really need that. I know some people get offended by by pretty hardcore, intense people like this, but I think the core of what he's saying is is super productive for um, for anyone trying to get more control, just the, the control piece of their week and their day and their life. So as you're talking, I think a, a person or a, an example we can all take from this um, where discipline equals freedom is what if your work never had a set schedule and your boss never set a schedule for you to work around and he just randomly called you in at different points of the day to where you had to work like within 15 minutes of when he calls you in. You have absolutely zero freedom to do whatever you want in that scenario, right? You're, you're always on edge waiting to get that call in. So you can't go do something. You can't be free. You can't schedule things because you're always going to get called in at some point in the day. You just don't know, right? And that, like that's taking it to, to to the extreme, but it's a good example because it shows you that like if you have to wait around, wait, 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 and, and wait on something instead of like having a set schedule, you're more likely to feel like you know constricted, I guess. Yeah, and he sprinkles in a lot of uh, intensity in the sense of of just well, what's a I don't know if he talked about this on the podcast or not, Cole, but just like his ability to execute things. Like just basically there's no emotions, just whatever it is, execute. Well, yeah, he talked about, I I specifically remember one part he was talking about how he's never like, I mean, he's not the strongest person. He's not like the fastest. He's definitely not the smartest in his words. Um, But he got really good at just getting things done, like just doing things like he would. He became a master of execution and like a master of almost not quitting, I guess, for lack of a better term. And it's like when you can when you can just get shit done to be like cut, you know, clear and cut uh, when you can get shit done and and really have no quit in you like this thing could kill me, but I'm not going to quit. And that's exactly what he said. He talked about when he was going through buds training is what he said. Um, He's like, I could have died, but I was not going to quit, you know, because they have like the bell that they got to ring in order to quit. Um, And obviously that's an extreme. But even in your daily life, it's like just, you know, getting things done, have the ability to wake up, be productive, and then free yourself up or have the ability to say, I'm not going to spend that $25 on, you know, a meal out tonight. I'm going to save it or whatever. Just like, you know, to be financially free, have that financial discipline, like you mentioned, Nick. Yeah. And we were talking off air here not too long ago about how like the, the world has acted upon us in some ways over the last couple of weeks where we just want to, to gain some more time in our day and to be able to get some of these things done. And we talked about literally waking up 15 minutes earlier, just so we had a little bit more time, a little bit more control over what we're trying to accomplish. And that's where his philosophy is so great because is getting up at 4.30 a.m., I mean, is that crazy to some people to go work out at that time? Uh, I, Yeah, absolutely, right? So like, are there people that are going to want to do that? Sure. Is it maybe what I'd say the normal? Probably not. However, Jocko is ready to go into his workday from 6 a.m. to noon. That's like a five-hour time block of just absolute laser focus on what you need to accomplish. And I just, that to me really helps me out because as you guys know, I'm more of a free flower, but the ability to just line things up and take them out, it's, you get a good feeling. You literally get a good feeling from being productive. And I think that's where uh, another part of his freedom plays in here. But uh, just to, to keep the ball moving, 
um, from for this podcast and what we listened to. So uh, there was certainly some some gore and some pretty dark moments that Jocko shared on on the podcast with him about how he went into Ramadi. Uh, when when the war is going on and and for some reason he is drawn to it that's a whole nother topic of conversation he just loves just death and violence and kill and operate and, and war and um and so that's it's interesting to get his perspective there but um it just it was fascinating to me to listen to that cole i'm not sure if you got that rub as well when you listen to some of the the darker um things basically well it is fascinating and you actually said something a, a little a couple minutes ago that I want to go back to just because it it is important to understand about Jocko and to understand kind of where we're going with this book, extreme ownership and what we're talking about right now. I mean, it's easy. It is very easy to get offended by the stuff that he talks about or the, the, how in your face kind of these lessons are that he talks about and that he preaches and, and that he practices actually to, to be quite honest. Um, and it's, and it's only because I think that it, it offends people, but it, that's also because I think it resonates with people. I think it's it's almost forced to be in your face, and for some people that that resonates. For other people, they get turned off by it, right? I mean, there's a lot of people that if you that would never want to listen to you know a, a military a, a U.S. Navy SEAL because they're just they would they're not built to be in the military. They have no interest in it. They it's something that they don't, somebody they don't want to learn from and they don't want to hear from. But I mean, the opposite end of that, it's very, I mean, there's a lot of people that it do resonate with. That's evident by our military system in the United States. We have a great military system because these are the lessons that they're taught. This is how it's taught. It's very in your face. It's very um, like forced upon you. And it's, it's basically you're, it's my way or the highway and you're going to, you're going to do it this way. This is how I want it to be done. And they ingrain that in you. Um, and I just, I think, yeah, he talks about a lot of these dark things that, and how he appreciates the good that life has to offer so much more because he's been through things like the, the battle of Ramadi and, and the, the war in its entirety. Yeah. I'm I'm glad you were able to circle back to, to this point, uh, on, on darkness and light. Um, and we're gonna, we're gonna definitely go there. I I do want to note that, um, on the side of maybe trying to be helpful here. Sometimes those, those truths and, and those, well, I don't know if darkness is the right word to use, but sometimes the truth is very hard to accept. Like a truthful thing is hard to accept. So like, do people like war and, and doing that? Probably not. Not the majority of people. Some people do love it, but not the majority. However, it's a necessary thing. So like, that's why Jocko comes at you because he's like, I may have an inclination of a feeling here or there to a truth, but the fact is that is a truth and I have to be able to react in some way. I either let it happen to me or I can go be proactive and and attack it. And so when he's talking about like the people over there and how the the terrorists are, are literally, they're raping them, they're skinning them alive, they're beheading people. And like, he sees all this stuff and it's like, that's a truth. Like that is happening right now. It's a fact that it's going on and accepting that reality is not fun, but very necessary. And I like how he approaches life like that. Like sometimes, uh, you know, things we don't want to face in our own lives, but we have to either a run away from it until it, something transpires or B we have to, to go for it or attack it. Right. Like, yeah, accepting truths is, is very hard for a lot of people, especially, you know, if they don't see it firsthand for like example, like if you're not in war or you don't 
go into battle and see like the the war crimes that are committed by these terrorists you're never going to understand that like this is necessary like these dudes are are not playing by the rules they're they're raping they're murdering they're killing anyone and everyone that doesn't believe what they're um what they believe so it's and like you still have people that will will say no you can't go to war over that and it's like well they need help these people need our help and it's it's a truth that you have to accept because we don't no one ever wants to really go to war right like war is you have a very good chance of dying if you're shot right and like that's that's a, that's a truth everyone knows but not everyone knows that you know well there's hundreds of people being killed by these terrorist groups every day and they just they don't want to accept it because they're they're kind of like you know they're stuck in their ways they they believe well all war is bad well you know if all war if well yeah all war is bad and in a perfect world we wouldn't have any war but we also have a, a obligation to go protect these people who who can't protect themselves yeah no doubt well and we can even dial this this down to a simple fact of of physical fitness i mean that's a pretty common one um that that in and of itself i mean we're just working out here. I was just working out here and we were just talking about how you don't have to do anything. Like you really don't. It's not necessarily that you have to do it. If you life, if that's your lifestyle, great. If, if you don't, but that could be a thing where it's like a necessity where you don't like the truth of what you need to do, but you got to do it. And to circle that back with Jocko, his mental approach to that is so fascinating because whether he likes it or not, he's going to try to control and take ownership of all things that he's around and that are happening to him and with his team. And like through that process, he is able to actually control more of the outcomes. And so like if, if you are a person that dreads working out, you know, it's just being truthful with, okay, if I have to do this, then I'll do it. And then it's implementing the positive attitude to like, okay, I know this is going to suck, but we're going to get through it. You know, something, something to that effect. And that's what he brings to the table is like accepting reality as it is. Okay. And then how do I make the, the whole like working and efforts around that to where I can at least suffer through it or enjoy it to, to say the least. <laughs> well, I have, I have two thoughts here, kind of what you guys have talked about just up, up to this point. The first one being, you know, we see to a lot of the things that that Jocko Willink talked about on the podcast and he talks about in this book, we've seen it on the news and we've seen like the horrible things that these terrorist groups have done to people like, you know, their own, like people that they live with, their family, their friends, like their community. And um, we think it's terrible that we just have to see it on the news and we have to, we think it's terrible that we, to, to even the, the thought that those kind of things even happen around the world. Um, it's a reality for some. And I think that is kind of the first lesson, exactly what he talks about of appreciating the good of life and, and what life has to offer, because there is a dark side that no one should have to go through and deal with. And no one should have to, um, be privy to on a daily basis. Like he talks about, I mean, there, he, he mentions that there was, um, when they went in there as, as a, a military group, um, there was like 50 terrorist attacks a day on this town and obviously through work and through, um, a lot, a lot of blood, sweat and tears on their part, you know, on the, on the U S military's part, they got that number down, thankfully. So my second, and my second thought on kind of what you guys were talking about before is coming to reality on things that may suck, you know, as, as exampled by Nick, you know, physical fitness and working out, or maybe it's going to school or doing homework or 
going to work or maybe having to stay late or or whatever it is like that that you have to accept reality and that may not be the number one thing that you want to do or maybe something that you don't want to do at all most of the time if you can accept the fact that you got to do it and you got to accept that reality those things don't last a long time right i mean there are cases where it's like yeah i got to sit through 3 hours of whatever it is you don't want to be doing but in the case of physical fitness like nick brought up i mean let's say it's squat day right nobody really likes to squat nobody likes to do legs it's it's one of those necessary evils kind of like we said off air nick right and but it is something that it's like if you can commit to it and you can put your mind to it you can do it it's really going it's going to be over in about 10 minutes realistically <laughs> is what that part comes down to is like it's it's about 10 minutes of like this sucks and it kind of hurts and it's uncomfortable and i don't feel great and maybe i'm going to be sore tomorrow but after that 10 minutes it's i mean realistically it's over the the suck the grind the whatever you want to call it to to i guess accept reality whatever you have to do to get your mind to accept that reality um it it doesn't have to last very long well and and how rewarding is it once you you finish that squat day right like you go you crush a you crush like a pr you you rep out whatever you're doing it's it's so much more more rewarding when you don't skip out on it like because you're always when you when you skip out on like a a squat day right you you feel like you kind of just skipped out on a a very essential part of um, weightlifting as we all know and you skip out on it it's like oh i'll I'll just do it later but you don't feel good about yourself you feel good about yourself when you go into the weight room you you slap on some heavy weights and you crush a pr like that's it's just the, the simple fact it's it's more fun to crush stuff that you don't like than it is to avoid stuff that you don't like boom that was an absolute nugget right there coming from Mr. Machino. It really is, though, because like, even though we don't want to do it, when we do it, we get this sense of pride that we did accomplish it, and that's why I love Jocko, and like, that's why he, he takes the ownership of knowing that they went into the Battle of Ramadi and or the war, and through their own ownership, they were able to complete something that he was a part of. Um, and, and Jocko is a super humble guy, which he does not need to be. He's accomplished some incredible things with some incredible people. And yet he, uh, he is quite humble, I will say, but, um, yeah. So just to go back to this point too, it's the appreciation of doing certain things that suck for the, the light on the end of the tunnel. So like, did Jocko probably dislike or people that dislike going into the military and fighting, do they hate that it happened? Yeah, but I think if you ask the people that that we came in to help, if they like the end result now after some of that dispute, I bet they'd be very grateful because of the the finished product. Again, no one wanted to do that. No one wanted to have to step up to do that. However, there was a result and now because we took that ownership to complete the task, we can feel good about it and uh essentially clean up the darkness. Now, this is an extreme example. We're talking about a very bloody war, um, but just in day-to-day life, being able to face things and, and complete tasks and be productive and, and have these disciplines in our life, it, it really does lead to more freedom or fulfillment. Um, but yeah, so to keep the ball moving on, on this episode that we were listening to to intro, uh, Jocko, um, he is a man that uh, he doesn't necessarily um, ever say that he does have a big ego. And that he may have the an ego that we think that he should be able to to portray because of all these things he's accomplished. But um, he's a very humble guy, and I and I like that about him too because he could be very arrogant, but he's always talking about that. Leave your leave your ego at the door. 
Always leave your ego at the door. Or like if you think your ego gets involved, it's going to make a decision wrong in, in a poor manner. Um, so be, being able to check your ego at all times, and I think as, as young men especially, this is such a, a vital lesson that we must always carry along because we can do things or uh, be a part of things where we feel pretty good about ourselves. But at the end of the day, being humble and in checking your ego is so, so important. Well, and that goes right in, Nick, to what we were talking about, what, what, what the title of the book is, Extreme Ownership, right? And being able to take ownership of your life. So up to this point, right, we've talked about discipline, how discipline equals freedom. We've talked about how kind of how the, the dark shows you and, and allows you to appreciate the light more, right? So what does that mean? So when you can understand that, that some things in life are going to suck, like there are going to be hard times, which we've talked about on this podcast numerous times before, right? And, and you, can, you can be disciplined with the things you need to be disciplined in. And I, he actually, there's a, there's a line that he uses called, he, he says, live a compartmentalized life compartmentalize what you need to be really disciplined about and what you can be kind of free about and let your hair down. Uh, you know, he doesn't have any hair. He's bald guy, but, or maybe very, he's got the army cut. I, I guess I don't know for sure. Um, but extreme ownership is what he, like what this, what the title of this book is. And that's all the ultimate goal of this is take extreme ownership of your life. Take extreme ownership of your work. Take extreme ownership of your physical fitness or your mental health or like your emo- your emotional psyche um, and, and so that you can make it your own and you can like you can make it what you want it to be and so that it's not you're, you're not taking that influence you're not taking what the outside world is telling you that it wants or it's perfect image that you're building your own work life physique whatever in your own perfect image because you've taken that extreme ownership of it. And I also want to add, you know, checking your ego at the door is just is so important for people that are, are our age, right? Because more than likely, there's always going to be someone that's smarter, faster, stronger, better than you in, in a room. We're, we're 20, what, 21, 22, 23, 24. We're, we're low 20s, right? And when you walk into a workplace or you walk into a weight room and you allow your ego to get into the way, one, you're probably not going to learn as much. Two, someone's not going to be afraid to call you out. I mean, I've seen countless times where someone thinks they're an expert. They're 18 years old. They think they have all the knowledge in the world. They show up and, and someone just is like, no, what are you even talking about, dude? Like, you got you to gotta learn. Like, there's, there's always something like age equals experience. Like, yeah, that's, you know, sometimes it's not right. But more often than not, there's always going to be someone that's going to be able to tell you no, or they're going to put you in your place once you start getting a big enough ego. Well, Jeremy, it's funny you say that just because this goes right into some, one of the, my, one of my biggest takeaways from listening to this podcast. And it's, it's just a, it's a great reminder for me because it's coming from a guy that is so elite at all of these, th- at, at life, basically. I mean, he is like elite at life. He's so disciplined and he's so, he, he has taken extreme ownership of his life and, and his business and everything else. And, uh, but at the end of the show, the host of the show asked him, what's one thing you wish you could tell your 25-year-old self? And I thought this was perfect for us because, and I kind of, per- my ears perked up when I heard him ask this because I'm like, all right, Jocko's speaking to us and Jocko is speaking to every middle 20-year-old person out there when he says this. And all he said was, you don't know everything. And I think that was, mm. and it's, it's a great reminder to us on this podcast 
and it's a, it's something that I want to relay and always want to relay to people that listen to us is like we don't know everything and the things that we talk about we try to be educated on and we try to give an honest raw opinion um and and remain relatively or keep politics out of it and keep our personal thoughts and views out of it but also give give something that that me- is meaningful to us um but there is no perfect answer from us there is no perfect saying there is no perfect form of ownership or there is no perfect form of discipline that we can tell people that listen to us this is exactly the formula there is no perfect formula um and i i just when he said that i was like it, it that was kind of the lesson for me that smacked me in the face and it's like yeah you really don't know everything and and nick you don't know everything and jeremy you don't know everything cole you don't know everything and it's it's such a good reminder that even at this age, like you can read all the books, you can be a Navy, a U.S. Navy SEAL and go through buds training, and and you can wake up at four thirty in the morning, and you can you can start your own business and lead some of the most influential people in the world. But it still, like you only know a fraction of all the things in the world that there are to know. Such a good point because when you do have that ego or do put your pride out there it clouds your judgment and it clouds the ability to, to keep an open mind. And I think that's why Jocko is so good at what he does is because he has the foundational traits, like he knows how to, but he's never putting himself in front of anyone to not be like too cool to hang out with them or not open enough to work with this guy that he knows is necessary. It's like this third tier of, of strategic thinking where it's the first tier is, okay, I'm going to listen to people and then I'm going to develop my own opinion. Second tier is, okay, I've experienced some things in life and I could probably move forward pretty successfully, um, but I don't know if I know everything. And then that third tier is, I have such a good confidence in myself, but I understand that if I'm going to get anything done, I need to work with people. People are the key element here. And that's why he never, uh, or at least he reminds his people to check their ego at the door because there's so many things that get lost in translation when we do think that we know everything. And um, I mean, take it from him, man. It's a great example from a guy that very easily could have all these honors and probably does, but yet he keeps a humble mind because he meets all these new people like a Tim Ferriss or um, has his own podcast and is starting to evolve in his own career. And he is doing that because he listens to people and he's not arrogant. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think and it's, it is good to know. Like they're like, I mean, people, you can have that much success and not let it go to your head. I think that's also cool too, to know that like that is possible because I think you, we get, especially in today's world with like influence, influencer being like a title, right? Like it's almost a job title. It's like people with success and um, I even think about just like 15 minutes of fame. Everybody has like their 15 minutes of fame, right? And some people live their life like chasing that next 15 minutes. And, and probably I would venture to guess some people that have heard us or that listen to us think maybe we're chasing our 15 minutes of fame still right here by sure. doing this. And um, I obviously that, that, make, that would make me sad if that were the case. And I'm sure it is the case. So it does make me sad because I, I think. Jocko's point, truly, when you boil everything down, he just wants to help people. And right. he's done it at a very, very high level, at a very, very elite level. And I think that's all that we really realistically want to do as, as 25-year-olds, 23-year-olds. We, just, we, we want to help people out and, and convey a positive message and, and something that is going to benefit people's lives. Yeah. And we're, just, we're doing it because we're just trying. 
I mean, it, it'd be better than us doing other things, I guess, or, or putting forth other advice. But um, to to really wrap up the whole image of Jocko and why I appreciate or, or even would be open-minded to some of his tactics is um, he has the ability to just win. He's just a winner. He has that winning strategic mindset where he's going to come in and take care of business and, and bring people along with him and people love people like that. So um, but yeah, no, love, uh, love the introduction that we have going here. Um, we're going to get things wrapped up here on state street. I did have one question for you guys though, on the, on the air for, uh, for, from Jocko basically. So if you will start out with Jeremy, if you had to give advice to your 20 year old self, what would that advice be? Educate yourself. I thought I, uh, so what, 20 years old, I was just coming out of junior college. I thought I knew everything. And, you know, I thought I was, was an expert at what I did. I thought I was an expert at throwing baseballs. Turns out I was not. I was actually really bad at throwing baseballs coming out of junior college. And I didn't take the time to educate myself on ways that I could be a better baseball player. I just stuck in my old ways and I didn't learn anything. I didn't see any success. And, you know, it was it was miserable. So the the one thing I would say to my twenty year old self is educate yourself. Be open to learning new ideas and be open to researching new ways of thinking. Mm, interesting. Okay. Um interesting. Yeah. So as life goes on, we gain this maturity perspective and then we think back. And I think every guy really does fight that. The ego, the pride, the um the desire to be a winner, some of these things. So I appreciate you sharing that. Cole, what would you say if you had to to speak to your 20 year old self? What what do you think you'd relay? I think first and foremost, I think it'd be really tough just because I know my 20 year old self and I, I mean, I was a little bit, not a little bit, I was an asshole and I didn't really listen to a whole lot of people. Right. And so that's why this whole journey that we've gone on is something that I've really tried to embrace the the whole idea of learning every single day, not taking people for granted, having an open mind to different points of view and different ways that people think. Um, but I think I guess if I had to if I had to say one thing, I would say that your title is not your identity. So at 20 years old, I was still a baseball player. I was still a college student, um, and that was kind of my identity. I was a college student, and I was a, I was a student athlete. I thought I was supposed to have the most fun and not take life too seriously and not take things too seriously. And I think that was a hindrance to me um, majorly, both in playing baseball, but also just like socially and and going through school. Um, And now I've come to realize that just because that's your title or that's what people see you as, that doesn't necessarily mean that's what you are. Um, you are a lot more, there's a lot more to you. There's a lot of good. There's a lot of bad. There's a lot of unknown still, especially at 20 years old. Um, I mean, even since 20 years old in three, almost four years now, I've gone through so much more than I think I feel or I, I, I ever thought I could have gone through. And, uh, but yeah, I just, yeah, there's, there's a lot I could say to be quite honest with you, but I guess that would be like the one thing I would relay. Gotcha. Yeah. And as, as you had noted, when they, when they say that, I always listen to when people suggest things from, from people that are like your younger self, you know, how would you act? And you really hear what they have to say. Cause it's like, that's, that to me is the largest nugget of anything is when you have someone go through an experience of life, maybe twice your age 
and you ask them that, it requires them to reflect very deeply onto what messages can be sent and you can use that. But if I had to talk to my younger self and give some advice, oh boy, I'd, uh, I'd sit him down <laughs> across the table and I would say, first off, um, you don't need to make everyone like you to be accepted. Like you don't have to be showcasing and, and be crazy and do some of the stuff that you would do just for people to like you. Because there's people that are going to like you and there's people that are not going to like you. And you have to accept that reality that there's people that are just simply, they're not going to be a big fan or they are going to be a big fan and find out those people that really mean the most to you. Um, and then the second piece would be, and this is very hard to do at that age, but develop character and develop like how you want to create a, a private image of what you want to actually like create in your life, which at 20, that's a pretty large drink of water. I mean, you're not really thinking about any of that stuff just due to the nature of being 20. <laughs> but like, I just wish I would have started that much earlier in my life of just developing a character. What, what do I stand for? How do I want to act? How do, how do I want people to view me if I'm walking to class every day? That, that thought process and the maturity, um, I'm very grateful I'm getting there now, certainly not at the pinnacle, but uh, that, that would be the advice I'd want to give to my younger self. Well, and I think the three of us could agree that if we got to talk to our younger selves, I think all three of us would say, just get ready for the future. Right. Cause I, cause I know what happens and just be ready for it. I think all three of us could probably say that with, with confidence. If we got to talk to our younger self, we would yeah. want to prepare our younger selves for what is to come. Right. And just to know everything's going to be okay. I think that yeah. was, that was a big one for me too, is just like when you go to work, it's not, a, you're not a slave. There's so many cool things that are out there. So many cool occupations you can do. And in fact, you actually might like working too, <laughs> if you find the right thing. So, uh, but yeah, no, I, uh, I loved this episode. Great introduction to extreme ownership by Jocko. We're going to tear into that. And uh, we may or may not have a guest attached to this book series as well. Um, but uh, that will be the future and we will let that uh, determine itself. So thanks so much guys. And until, ne until next time, State Street Gang. <laughs>